This podcast is sponsored by NaturalBossNH.com, SlowdownClothing.BigCartel.com, and New Hampshire Vape Gallery. More on that later. Let's get into the bonus episode of Talking with Topher 420. What is happening, TWT fans? It is the bonus 420 episode, and as you can see, I am also enjoying my 420 along with you today. Um, as always, I want to thank everybody for subscribing, watching, and sharing, commenting, all of that. Uh, I greatly, greatly appreciate it, and uh, I want to say to all the new subscribers, thank you again. And to anybody that's new to the show, remember to subscribe, hit those like buttons, and set those alarms uh, so that you know as soon as the new episodes are uploaded. Uh, T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. You or someone you know has a story that needs to be heard, you can send it on over there. Um, anytime you want to just get a conversation started, just email me at T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. And then, of course, you can always follow me on social media. That's Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and Facebook. Again, that's Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. Go to social media, hit that follow button. Um, I've always got stuff updating, and it's a great way for you to get some new content. And now that we've gotten through all of that real quick, because I figured I'd do something fun. Plus, me and Tyler had a conversation, and I was super high on Delta 8. And then we got high together when I got home from work and decided to sit down and have a conversation over the mics. So you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter's handle is at Tyler underscore Crane. Instagram is Grid Link Music on Instagram. So I'll have all that at the bottom of the screen. You'll be able to see that. I said on my last podcast, episode 52 to be precise, um, that I was on some Delta 8. And I th- I'm i pretty sure from what you will see in the podcast, you will be able to see how that Delta 8 affected me. Um, but I figured it would be a great start to the day. I'm going to smoke a joint with you guys. And stay tuned for after because I've got another way for me to join you on this 420. And now, without further ado, my friend Tyler Crane. Oh man, that's all I was thinking about. Um, yeah. So problems with the mini coop? Yeah, it's small problems. At the end of the day, it all worked out. But yeah, it's like the day after I get a car and there's a coolant <laughs> leak and. But it it all worked out. It's a great car. It's better than the Volvo. Oh, of course it is. And a shout out to uh, a site called Pebble. Pebble. And they uh, they you just go on. You fill out all your information. You fill out the information of the car. They show up and uh, take your car and give you a check. Oh. So I got three hundred sixty bucks. And I didn't have to go through the hassle of private sales. Well. A trade-in probably would have given you the same, so... Probably same. Probably same. So, yeah, it worked yeah. out. Just make sure... <laughs> the tow truck driver shows... So it's weird. It's like you have Pebble, where you fill out all your information. Then you have, uh, like, a salvage yard. Okay. Or someone that buys it. But then you also have the tow truck driver and company that comes and picks it up. All right. So you're dealing with three different uh, 
entities. And I'm not going to name names, but the, the, the tow company that showed up, uh, they forgot to sign the check. Um, so they handed me the check, and they're getting the Volvo up on the lift. And uh, I'm looking at the check, and I'm like, that don't look right. I'm like, I'm like there needs to, uh, I, I, I make sure I'm not going crazy. I go around my mom, I'm like, there needs to be a signature here, right? Like I can't, yes. I can't cash this. And so I ran out, and the guy's like, "Oh, we get, we got to sign this check. We forgot." I'm like, "Okay." Oh my god, that's so. So funny. so, do your due diligence if you. If you what do go happens that. if they don't sign the check? It's it's it, it's an it's a null and void check, right? I mean, well, yeah. So you I can't do anything. With yeah. It. So I mean, I just went to Citizens and cashed it because I don't have a. And, and the check, the check kind of sketched me out. I wanted to cash it. I didn't want to deposit. It. I didn't want to risk a, a bounce check. I was just a, the whole situation at that point was really weird, because um, they, they like they were nice, but it was it was a little strange. I was like, what? Why? Who forgets to sign a check? Like, so if, if that were to have happened, I would have had to. I mean, contact whoever's whoever was on that check, the company, um, oh. and I'd have to go to them, and I'd have to do all that craziness and I was like no I want the check and I want the cash today so I wanted it all in one day it was my day off so I'm like you know what we're just gonna we're just gonna get get rid of this thing and and get paid for it all in one day so it was it was interesting though so yeah and I'm like I just they would they they would have just been like yeah I mean this check needs a signature and we we can't cash it yeah exactly Um, okay that's all they would have said but if I if I put it through like a bank, like if I if I did the the phone scan your check thing, and I sent it to St. Mary's, and it ended up you know bouncing, I get hit with a fee, and then oh. to challenge it, I have to go to small claims court, and I am not in the mood with, to do with that. With no signature on the check. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, like huh. it, or or for whatever reason, like if a if a check bounces, it's it's just a it's a painful process if you care to. Like I think I think one time like a family member of mine like signed me a check and it, it bounced and I was just like uh, it, it wasn't really a concern to me. Huh. But like if you want to get it back, apparently it's just this whole process. And I I already had had enough of dealing with my bank with getting a loan for a private sale. It is the worst experience, worst car say, buying experience. I, I would I, never want to sell my car awful. or. Do a private sale after listening to you. Awful, <laughs> especially with COVID. I mean, maybe so maybe it was easier with COVID, but like, because in an ideal world, you know, you'd get the buyer, the seller, and the 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 bank. Mm. All you get all yeah, three right, of you right. in one room. You got the title, you got the bills of sale, you sign everything there. The bank does theirs. The, everyone does everything in one room. But with COVID, it's like it's a pain, and then you got. You know, people working from home, and that can be a whole stressful thing, depending on your home setting. And yeah, it was a mess. Um, but wow. it, I, I definitely appreciate like buying a car at a dealership. Yeah, and having them do, they do all, all that, all that for you, all that Holy for shit. you. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's only a lot because, like, because I think about it, and it's like it really wasn't that much, but it felt like a lot because I had to work it in. To my normal routine. Okay. You know, like we, like I, I have set times where, where I do stuff. I'm, I'm pretty structured, mm. and when you throw in all this stuff, you know, ahead of time, it, 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 and you try to mix it in with your daily routine, it just gets, 
Right, so maybe that's part of the payment that you pay at the dealership because they're doing all this shit. They're doing all they're the, doing all, all this for all you, you, and you don't have to think about it. Well, I think back to when I bought my Subaru and I just signed a bunch of papers. Yep. They gave me a bunch of stuff. <laughs> they're like, "Bring this, bring that," and there you go. I'm, yeah, ten minutes. I'm, well, three hours and ten minutes later, you have a car. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then this time I'm digging through like FAQs on government websites about what's needed for like what documents are needed and everything and. And and it's just yeah, it, it was not fun. I have to say, every time I go to buy a car, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna need at least three hours if we're gonna do this. Four hours sometimes if you're like gonna sign the papers and if they're busy. But I'm like, every time I go to the dealership, it's three hours. It's so ridiculous. But in the end, I guess it's better than having to do all that labor. It's better. So. I mean, uh, honestly, like the the thing is, the car was such a good deal. Uh, and like mm. it's a good fit for me right now, so oh, it was like the the pain was uh, the pain of the process was outweighed by you know what I get from the car, yeah, that's um, cool. and and how and how the payments you know worked out and everything, and so it was it was just too good to pass up. I mean, it was it was right there, and I'm I'm just like whatever. I've always wanted a mini, so huh. you know it's it's a cool little car to have. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Friggin', what the hell is going on? Oh, yeah. My wife doesn't have cancer. Dude. That was so exciting. So exciting. That's Cause awesome. Because I, I haven't seen you since last Friday. So yeah. So, kind of catching up here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so excited, dude. Oh, my God. Man. I remember dude. getting that text, man. I think I think I was... Uh... I was um I was just out and about and, and I got that text and I was just it, 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 I was I was so happy for you guys so so was, many weeks man just worried yeah, it was it was crazy that, that's all you can I was tell. that's probably the most exciting update I have since yeah. I've seen you last Friday I mean that's more exciting <laughs> really than anything I uh, I got <laughs> so uh, it's just, just it's crazy news. how like if you're not the person that has the issue you're still going through it on a mental level, you know, yeah, it's, where it's, they're physically and mentally going through it, but trying to keep everything together and put it, it was just so stressful. There is nothing worse than having to figure out things and take care of someone and just try to get everything else done at the same time. It was yeah. just, it was a lot. And I'm just so happy that this friggin' chapter is closed uh but what else is it oh you went to class on monday without me right yep. it was it was uh would you would you you worked um jesus christ i can't even think it's so late at night um but yeah so you went to class on monday um how was it that's good man i mean yeah. it was all it's all a lot of uh, movement mobility um did some takedowns um yeah, I mean it was it was definitely solid. Um, we were we were doing a lot of movement from side control, a lot of stuff yeah. from there. Uh, get, we got some some uh, submissions and a couple different ways to actually exit out of. Like you, you go from side to the back, like mm -hmm. depending on how they move. It was it was really good. I didn't get to. I went I went in on Wednesday and then I went to Rick's on Thursday and I got my ass handed to me by a blue belt, just handed to me. Guy's a monster. Shout out to Ross. Right. It was it was it was so much fun. I love being on the mats and I love the fact that I don't have to worry about my knee anymore. 
But the reason, yeah. one of the reasons I bring it up is because everybody always talks about getting injured, and I know your hands are extremely important to you. So, what what helped you get beyond the fear? Because you've gotten armbarred, you've gotten yeah. Kimura, you've had all kinds of stuff happen, but you you keep going back. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So like a lot of people try to get into it, but when they try to get into it and they get injured they get scared or yeah. they get turned off by it because they're more worried about losing their livelihood um, and they kind of give it up or they don't go any further. What keeps you going back? Curiosity. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, I think, like, I, I, I always took your advice. Like, when I first got into it, I, I always took your advice of, like, kill that ego mm. and, like, tap. Like, it's not worth it. It's not worth, you know, getting like I'll I'll hang in there for a bit. I have flexible arms. I have really like bendy shoulders. So sometimes I'll try to see if I can wiggle my way out. Most of the time I end up wiggling myself more into the move and make it worse for myself, but um just killing that ego and tapping avoids most of the injuries. Um and the rest of it, I mean, it's just kind of like look, like I ski I I, yeah, I I took yep. up skateboarding again, so it's like, it, you know, I I I like to hike challenge uh, challenging trails and stuff like that. You run the risk of you know falling off a rock and 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 falling hard and breaking something there. Um, biking, I mean, I'm 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 on the road with cars and I'm on narrow Bedford back roads where everyone's got an Escalade and a truck. Yeah. And you know they're trying to you know you, you're you're trying not to get squished or run off the road. So basically, um, anything you're doing, you're just trying to survive. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean realistically, in in, in, in a very in a broad sense, sense yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I mean I will say a lot of it is just I mean sometimes stuff happens. Like you you, the reason I bring up all those other things is like as long as you're smart with it, yeah, but but. but you're fine, but those things can still happen. Like it actually happened Monday. I was rolling, and um, you know we were in that battle of uh, you know I had him inside control, and he was trying to sweep. So we were in that like in that like uh, scale, that like teetering scale of like, oh, is he gonna get you know the position on me, or am I gonna hold my ground? Um, and my arm was out. My arm was posted. And uh, somehow it just ended up getting like cranked the wrong way, and it and it I mean it hurt for a couple of days after, but you, you just kind of just kind of deal with it. I mean, it uh, just it just is what it is. It, like I haven't been injured uh, nearly as bad as you have, and yes. you I mean you haven't like yeah you you had a couple good ones you've had a couple good ones um, they were they were all right but you know it's like most of what happens is like sometimes like these the, the tendons in my forearms will get really bad yeah. and I'll notice that if like I'm working and my hand starts tightening up or if I'm playing guitar or you know doing doing whatever uh, I'll feel it in my hands and that's all just stretching and then, and I've been doing those stretches for years because of guitar because it's those types of instruments, they're notorious for tightening up these tendons and causing tendonitis later. So mm. I've always made it a point to, to stretch those out. Um, and I, I mean, I'm on a computer all day. So yeah, well, that's kinda, why, that's why I kind of bring it up. Now. Like you, you're constantly, 
you know, playing the guitar, playing the bass, you're on the computer, like your hands and arms are like the most important yeah. appendages on your body. Mm -hmm. So, and then, and that's what I was saying, like you've been doing it for what, uh, a little over two years now? Yeah. So it's like, uh, you keep coming back and you know, I, I, I there's some people out there that uh, started doing it but the first time they got into an arm bar, they got freaked out, yeah. you know, and it was usually be probably because they didn't tap or they didn't do whatever, you know, and it being a fresh white belt, you don't know what you're doing. And yeah. that's fine. That's the way it's supposed to be. But you have to remember that the person that you're going against is uh, if, if they're not an identical, if they're not on your level as a white belt, then they're usually higher up than you. And and you have to remember these guys, even though. We're trying to kill each other because that's the name of the game is to kill each other. I make you tap. You make me tap. That's it. You could have killed me. That's why I'm tapping. Mm -hmm. That's the whole point of the game. But that person that's above you shouldn't be putting you in a position where you're going to get hurt. You know what I yeah. mean? Like that, the, the person on the lower end working with someone under them, especially a white belt, you, sh you as a higher belt should not be trying to break their arm. You shouldn't be trying to, like, do, you know, bust their shoulder. Like, yeah. if you get the move on them, well, it's pretty, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it probably should have happened because they don't know what they're doing. So if you're treating a white belt like a dummy and just beating on them, then that's, that's bad on the student, bad on the school. Um, I feel that, like, a lot of our teammates understand that rule and they... Um, if they're working with someone under them, they're very open. They're, they're, they'll take the, they'll take you back. They'll they'll choke you out. Mm -hmm. But they're if they get you into an arm bar, they're they're going to probably fulfill the move, but not fulfill it to the point where usually when it when an injury happens is because the person doesn't know what's happening, and then they like go the wrong way as the person's pulling the arm bar, and then you get hurt. So I, I, I love I love the fact that like a lot of our teammates understand that rule and our school goes by that and like yeah there's some there's some times where things get a little out of control or someone moves a little too fast but that that's just the way the game is and I just wanna I wanna bring it I, I like to bring it to attention I've been doing it a few times the past couple months and. I just want more people to understand that, yes, even though you could get severely hurt, the chances are less likely if you let go of the ego, you tap, and you just, if the person that you're working with also understands those rules. And as a higher belt, I feel like you should. And if, yeah. you, you, if you don't, then that's just crazy to me. Because as you get higher in the belts, it's not that you become the teacher you but you can help somebody move through something like I, I i help people all the time you know if they're going somewhere i'm gonna let them go somewhere until they get the deer in headlights and we stalemate and then i'm gonna move yeah. but i'm gonna let them get a feel for it or i'm gonna let them attempt the move on me so that they can actually get a feel for it i i don't know i'm i i guess i i'm a little bit different I still have a hard time attacking because yeah. I feel like I spend more time thinking about the defense on everything. Like if I start going somewhere or someone starts put me in something, my first thought isn't to get out and attack. It's how am I supposed to defend this? How am I supposed to get out? And then I get out and I don't go into an attack all the time. That's where I fail. So Yeah, I mean, I think uh, 
No, I mean your your point rings true. I mean, I I learn. It's it's a it's a learning environment. Yeah, those classes are are learning environments, and everyone everyone's eager to be there. Everyone likes being there. Um, you know, and and I mean, I think. There, there just is assumed risk. You, you have to, you have to accept that. I mean, um, you know, and you know, for someone who's like, yeah, that's definitely not a thing. I mean, before, before jujitsu, I was doing, I was doing the Muay Thai. That's and, right. And yes. I, and I loved it. Um, I will say though, in terms of hands, man, if you have a class where you're really smacking those pads. You know, and you don't do a good job wrapping your hands. Like your hands are gonna be sore. Yeah. Okay. Like, I was. I was actually like, wrists. what? Why did you go from Muay Thai to Jiu Jitsu? I. What was the? Uh, I wanted to go to a class, and you were my right at the time because oh. I didn't have the car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I didn't have much of a choice. Um, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness. Um, no, so I was actually doing both for a while. That's right, yes. Um, and I, so I started with Muay Thai, and then I went into the MMA classes. I wanted to see what that was about. Um, they they were normally, like, right after Muay Thai um, or right before, and it was, you know, went back when, you know, I was only working, I think I was working part-time Hobby Lobby at the time, so I had, you know, way more time to do this kind of stuff, um, and so... I would go to the MMA and then and then the Muay Thai, um, and man, the MMA. I was sick of getting just destroyed on the ground. Hmm. Like you know, I had no idea what I was doing, and especially like going right into nogi, where like not only do you not really like, are there less places to grab, but it's just more awkward. I I never did wrestling. I never did like any of that like style of contact. And it, to be like totally honest, it was kind of awkward at first. Well, I, um, I've I've done no gi, and I still and find it's, it. It's, it just feels it's, weird. It's, ca- it's, it's crazy. Off. I don't know. I don't know where to grab. Like I've I've learned on gi for the last six years. So yeah. we do no gi every once a year or something, and I I I get lost. I'm like, where am I going? What am I grabbing? What yeah. am I doing? And it's just it's a it's it's just you are grabbing still, but you're like grabbing shoulder, grabbing the arm, grabbing the wrist, mm-hmm. and where we would use the sleeve, the collar, or the belt. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just a different type of grabbing. But I I'll tell you that I, you go no gi with me. Well, I don't know how far we're getting because I'm like <laughs> I'm looking I'm looking for something to pull on. I yeah. want that I want that fabric. Where's the fabric? Yeah, <laughs> and so. Well, that's cool, but cool. yeah. So like, I was I was you know uh, doing that, and I kept just getting destroyed on the ground, and hmm. um, so I you know I talked to um, I talked to Rob, I think uh, Rob was one of the people I talked to, and it, uh, I think it was also uh, uh, Shihan, and I was like, what would jujitsu like? What's the cost of that? Okay. Because I'm like, what's going to get me better? And they're like, doing jujitsu. Because like MMA, they'll sometimes have a, a, a stand-up focused. They'll sometimes, you know, they'll have different focuses for different classes. And, you know, I wasn't going to every single one. And everyone that was in that MMA class were killers. Like, so, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, so it was, it was, uh, you know, struggling. You know, not only, I'm not a big guy. And so not not only having that, but... Also, like having no foundation, 
they were like, okay, jujitsu will give you the foundation. And so um, that's when I went to jujitsu, and then uh, yeah, uh, and then I and then I just ended up dropping to Muay Thai because I couldn't afford it at the time. Yeah, I'm thinking about uh, bringing it back. Um, you know, might as well. Um, but we'll see. That's awesome. That's right. awesome. I just because you you just you you do music, you do that stuff, and you keep coming back, and it's just so much fun. And it, yeah. it, it is. A, I feel like uh, the experience at school is is great. And yeah, the family's amazing. I mean, I think the reason I stuck with jujitsu is just because I I. It's hard to say I like it more because, uh, like Muay Thai is a lot of fun. I mean, who doesn't like punching and kicking shit? You know, right? It's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, but jujitsu for me, it's like it's more cerebral. Like Muay Thai was always like you get a little bit of that in the beginning, like remembering combinations and mm-hmm. remembering okay, like when I throw a hook, I want to pivot. Um, you know, on the ball of my front foot, and I want that motion to almost follow my hook to get the most amount of torque in there. And you know, so you get a, you get a bit of that, and and then remembering combinations, and then when you're also holding pads, you have to remember the combinations in reverse. So there's definitely a lot going on, but you don't really spar that much. Oh, okay. In the classes themselves, they they would have sparring classes on uh you know saturday um mid-morning and for every job since my first i always work saturdays Uh, you know uh whether it was food or retail or now in an office job i all have always worked saturdays so saturdays have never been good for my schedule um so i would very rarely ever go to the sparring classes i think i went to one or two um but with jujitsu, I mean, you spar every time. So, and, yeah. and, and it just, it's like every, like you, like the difference between moving between different partners. So like going up against like someone my size and then going up against, you know, someone much larger or, you know, even much smaller, but way more skilled. And, and, you know, it, it is really good at, it's at that variety. At, at stop it. It's that variety. And, you, I mean, you get it a little bit with Muay Thai. Like, if your pad holder is a lot taller than you, you know, you have to you have to finagle your stuff a little weird. But you, it's not the same thing like yeah. remotely. And and you have to you have to shift and focus while you're physically drained. And and you're but and at the same time, you're also trying to attack. So it's like you know that that analogy of like that physical chess game it just every every time i'm on the mats it's what it's what it is i mean you're you really are you know especially since i've tried in my game to when i'm doing rounds to like kind of slow it down a little bit and be more calculated with my movements rather than just be like oh go like there is a time and a place to to do that i think but i was doing it way too much i was i was a fish out of water and I was just flailing around, hoping. Well, that's that that's can... <laughs> that's what a white belt does. That's yeah. what you do. You flail around because you do. don't. I still do a lot. You, you don't know. You don't know what you're where you're going, what you're doing, and that's just how it works. Like you'll eventually figure things out and get there. But if you got to do something ten thousand times, and you can do it on both sides of the body, that's yeah. twenty thousand 
different times you have to do that move on each side before you fully can understand it and I guess before your uh, body would just take over and you would just do the move. Yeah. But that's one move. There's like endless, infinite moves yeah. that can be done in jujitsu, and the way people are getting more and more in like just figuring things out they're getting into things like professor was talking about it on wednesday um how side control used to be a transitional uh position and now it's an attacking position it's a it, it it's got all kinds of stuff going on to uh, on in it but that's because so many people were using side control that they actually figured out well hey if i'm here I can still do this. I can still do that. So it's endless. It's infinite. It's, it's evolution. The, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's it is an evolving evolution. art, and yeah. it's just going to keep evolving. But I was incorrect. It wasn't Thursday. I did get ta- I did get tapped out. Uh, and, and, but Wednesday, um, I was rolling with gentlemen that used to do MMA. Mm-hmm. And I, I apologize for not knowing his name, but damn it. I don't remember his name. He's only been in class to me a couple times, but he used to go down to MMA a lot. So he's a he's a blue belt. Like I feel by default, <laughs> like because he Regardless didn't he of... didn't come he didn't come to class, but he yeah. was training MMA that entire time. Yeah. So yeah. like so I get up with him and I'm like, so you've been doing MMA and he hasn't he's he was injured so he was healing and stuff, but um, he told me all about that and then so we're getting into it and it's just. It's a different animal. Yeah. I mean, the the guy is just all over the place. And I will tell you this much, dude. He was barely touching my gi. It was it was absolutely incredible. Like when he would, uh, uh, rat, like you know how like well, if we do like a a throw around and then we press on the person's knee and then mm-hmm. we're coming up, so you come into side control. He was using his leg to wrap around my legs as uh. he was coming up the side. So both hands were free. And then he's wrapping me up, and he's still keeping that foot lock because then he just turned into a backpack mm-hmm. and just took me from, took me to the, you know, took my back. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my God. It, it, it's just incredible the way it all works. It yeah. just, it, it, it was so cool, and it was just such a, interesting experience because so many times he was just doing these moves and he was not pulling on my gi and i was just like what the hell is going on this is blowing my mind so i i love that shit i mean i i've lost i lost my ego years ago i don't have it in that class anymore there's no need of it all it's going to do is get me hurt so i got rid of that thing a long time ago so i get tapped out all the time i love it i think every tap is just another learning experience because half of the time when they do it I'm like, how'd you do that? And then, like, after we're done, like, we'll go over it, and he'll show me what he did, and I'm just like, that is... I never thought of that. There's some moves that have been done to me that were so simplistic that I just never thought of, and it was just... It's always there. And if you can see it, then you can get it. And I've had that experience over and over and over again, and it's it's always so... Uh, I don't know... the. I guess enjoyable in a sense, you know, I'm getting tapped out. I got to tap out, but at the same time, I'm like, I can't wait to ask them how they did that. You know, the thing that still always gets me, um, is that, that like quick transition from a, uh, triangle into an arm bar. Mm. If someone, if someone can get that like switch quick, 
gets me all the time. Yep. All the time. Cause my, 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 my mind is on, you know, I'm not thinking that far ahead and that, and that's, that's the whole chess element of it is you got to think ahead. You got to be like, okay, well I'm they're They're clearly trying to get me in a triangle right now, but you know, I didn't realize that, oh, I positioned my arm in a way and I positioned my weight in a way that made it way easier for them to just... All you got to do is extend. Yeah. That's it. As yeah. soon as you extend the arm, <laughs> if that person knows what they're doing, they're, they're like, gonna... oh, I get it. Foot over. Yeah. You're done. You yeah. know, and like I, I'm, I, I also do this to myself where I will get into a triangle. Like, not on purpose. The person gets the triangle on me and I'm trying to get out of the triangle and my stupid brain, because I, I don't know if this is a hundred percent true, but I don't know how many times we've gone over getting out of a triangle. I don't, I don't remember defense on a triangle um, that much. So the only thing I've ever seen was on Instagram, and the guy like, and I think I keep doing it wrong, but I think you like push into them, but at the same time that you're pushing in, you want to like pop your feet up. And then you want to put your heels into their armpits. Mm-hmm. And then once your heels are in their armpits, you can use your legs to extend backwards mm-hmm. and then therefore breaking the triangle. So I always try to do this. And what happens? Oh, uh, the person just tightens up because I'm pushing into them. So I keep getting closer and closer, which makes it easier and easier for them. And then I don't get out of the triangle and I tap. But I keep trying it over yeah. and over and over again. And I'm like, one day. One day, I swear this is gonna work. It's, I don't know when. I don't know how. It's, but it's, it's a fine line of that ten thousand, uh, hundred thousand reps, and uh, the whole uh, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Yeah, it's like a fine line. Where... Work just gets in the way. I wish. <laughs> I wish there was a way to do jujitsu without work. And like, you know, I just wish there was. I wish cloning. I had more time for it. You know, cloning. Yeah, cloning. Happen. You gotten any good records this lately? Yeah, man. I uh, know you've been getting into those. Yeah, dude. Uh, I've been in the '90s hip hop lately. That's what '90s hip hop is up. where you're going now, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So I I was digging around some um, uh, some 12 inch singles uh, over over at uh, this record shop in Manchester, and uh, you ever hear of Fushnikins? No, uh, bro. They 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 are they are odd, but they they are so good. Um, I know you can't really play anything. You, you get you get struck down, but uh, <laughs> they're. Um, I don't know if I would, dude. I, yeah, yeah I knows? probably would. Who I knows? probably would. YouTube has got a whole new check that your videos go through before they even get posted. Now they do a whole. Uh, check to make sure that you're not breaking any laws before you yeah. put it up. You're not stealing music. You're not showing any content that you're not supposed to. So there's like a small little check area that they automatically just push your video through. Yeah. And if there's something on there that you're not supposed to have, I I haven't had it happen yet, but I'm pretty sure they kick the video back to me and I have to edit it out. Yeah. But that's a new thing that they started doing. So yeah, I would definitely get pulled down for yeah. it. So yeah, I mean they 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 are a very interesting little group. That that has been my thing. I mean, I've been looking at a lot of 12-inch singles. Um I finally found uh like the second Wu-Tang album. Oh, so okay. Wu-Tang Forever. Um and and it's funny cuz I mean, you know, records are just so expensive. 
it's really like the dumbest way to listen to music. Like, I don't know why I collect them um, and listen to them. Uh, they're heavy. They're expensive. Uh, you got to clean them all the time, especially if you're a perfectionist. You get, I'm there with the brush, like with my phone flashlight, like getting them all off and like just it's it's so dumb. But um, I mean, it's it, it it's still so cool. Like I kind of like it for the insanity of it. But, um, you know, the Wu-Tang Forever is like an, a seventy dollar, sixty dollar uh, album when you're talking vinyl because it's four LPs. Wow, and it's four is a two-hour album. So that 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 was that's probably my 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 biggest recent purchase. But yeah, I mean, I've just been collecting everything I can. If there's anything I go, it's really bad. I'll go and I'll spend two hundred bucks in a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I, bad. Used to, I used to do it. I hey, used to do you it. Know, it well, it's easy. It, well, it's tough because like so I go in and and I have a pretty pretty solid routine. I mean, I always check the used stuff first. Um, I'm always in like the soul and jazz section and then, you know, I'll try to check out hip hop, maybe some, some blues and stuff. Um, I always try to look for the old ones, the really old jazz stuff. Um, but then I end up at the new vinyls. And so these are new pressings and new artists and new. What about that one you were looking for that was damaged and you ended up having to do with some return or something did you ever end up getting oh, that record uh did you end up finding a good doing, copy of it copy yeah of it? yeah i did i mean it, it 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 still isn't perfect you know but um it's playable um i think i did get the money back from ebay yeah we we they, they say we refunded you for uh the case the seller never got back to me no th that's how that works i told yeah, you that i thought so yeah i knew that that's I why I, to get back that to me, ebay guarantee yeah, dude that's yeah. the greatest thing they ever did because yeah. at least you get your money back if you got a piece of shit and yeah it was and the seller didn't yeah. get back to you because they knew uh, yeah i mean online i mean vinyl's interesting the, the vinyl market's really interesting uh, uh and I look a lot into it. Cause like one of my one of my dreams have all, has always been to like have like a music store, like a record store or something. We'll we'll see with how vinyl goes in the next decade or so how how that happens. But um, it's an interesting industry because you have such a high demand. I mean, you have everything from people who have been collecting records their whole lives have crazy hi-fi systems and all that stuff and, and you got you know hipsters that you know are just getting vinyl for vinyl like you just have a huge demand and but for people forget that like from the 90s to like the 2010s vinyl was done pretty much mm -hmm. like they were still pressing out stuff and you obviously had DJs and I think DJs are the only reason vinyl vinyl, vinyl records we were, even we were exist saying today. that we were saying that back in the 2000s yeah bro. man I mean that's it's got it's gotta <laughs> be well and the funny thing is is a lot of these 12 inch singles and a lot of these records I'm going for anytime I find them I grab them um, they're promotional copies they're DJ copies they say right on the label not for sale oh okay. like, I want that one you know, I want I want the ones that you know back in '94, back in you know whenever the 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 record was made, people couldn't get it. That's okay. what I want to listen to now. 
You know, when I sold my turntables and everything, I, I kind of wish, just in this moment, I wish I had kept that vinyl. Yeah. Yeah, just just out of curiosity of what I was listening to. You know what I mean? There was a lot of history in that, and it's like, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, like, I, I, I probably downloaded some of them, but I, I, I don't remember all, everything I had in there, and I had yeah. some pretty good, good shit, and I just... NaturalBossNH.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. I'm telling you, these guys have the best hand sanitizer I've ever used. They've also got a lip balm, a salve, a beard oil, and a foot and body soak that you need to get today. So go to NaturalBossNH.com. That's N-A-T-U-R-A-L-B-O-S-S-N-H.com. And get one or all five of these today. Slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. These guys have some of the best high-quality products with the best quality prints on them. You need a neck gaiter, need some women's leggings, maybe a skateboard, some kid shirts. You can get it all right here at slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. That's slowdownclothing.bigcartel.com. Not sure how to spell it? It's right here at the bottom of the screen. New Hampshire Vape Gallery is located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings. We're open seven days a week from 10.30 to 8 p.m. You can come in our store provided you wear a mask and feel free to give us a call, 603-814-4171. You're looking for flavored juice, flavored disposables, tanks, coils, dab mats, clothing, We've got it. We've got it all in store right now at New Hampshire Vape Gallery. And again, we are located at 180 Lafayette Road, Seabrook, New Hampshire, down the street from Home Depot and next to Smoke Rings. We're open seven days a week from 1030 to 8 p.m. You can give us a call, 603-814-4171. And I look forward to seeing you there. And now, back to the show. I miss I miss play I miss playing vinyl. That was fun. It's, it it's, was a fun time. It's definitely an experience. I mean, I, I, you know, I started collecting Beatles vinyl. That was my big thing, and then then I actually stopped collecting vinyl. I collected tapes. What? Yeah, dude. So my first, both my first. I'm, oh yeah, man. Dude, I'm confused now. Why yeah, are you dude. I, I I was rocking around in in <laughs> in uh, my first car. That had a tape deck, and I was playing my mom's mixtapes from the 80s with the convertible top down and everything. And so you decided to buy tape tapes? Deck. Was it because yeah. you missed rewinding things with a no. pencil? No. <laughs> <laughs> I only had to do that a couple times. Oh, that's the um, worst. I, I don't know. I like It was in my car. I had the, the little tape with the aux cord coming yeah, yeah. out that I would plug my phone into, but like... That time I was I was super into the eighties. Like high school was like my eighties phase, so I was huge into that. Um, and I just I don't know. I was something about tapes. I think it was similar to what I like with vinyl. For some reason, I just liked it. Interesting. And, and I went out, and I mean, I have I have every single Van Halen record ever recorded um, on tape on a cassette tape somewhere downstairs in my house. Um, I got you know some of my mom's old mixtapes. Got a bunch of '80s stuff from that, See, so I was super into that. And and I was collecting '80s vinyl for a bit too, and and then I stopped. And I didn't really pick it up until I got back into hip hop, or I should say, really into hip hop because 
I, I wasn't. I mean, I've told you about it before. You, you kicked me out of your house for being a music snob. <laughs> you know, oh. I, I, I was awful with it, and and uh, you know, it was when I when I started, um, you know, getting into jazz and getting into soul and funk and by extension hip hop like that that just that small family of of genres they're all relatives of each other and so you you start listening to like you listen to a lot of hip hop and you hear jazz you hear right. funk yes. you hear blues you you hear all that and then you know it, just all those genres can kind of bounce off each other um and once I got into that, that was when I started collecting collecting records again. I wanted, you know, all the you know I got I wanted the Nas, I wanted Wu Tang, I wanted Tribe Called Quest, I wanted uh, you know uh, some modern artists like Kendrick Lamar, like guys like that. Um, but then, I mean, you're in a record store, you're just surrounded by music, and you're just surrounded by all these different artists, and it's like all. I'll end up at the front and I'll have, you know, everything from like a 50s Dizzy Gillespie, Charlie Parker record to, you know, an album that came out last year and everything and everything in between. Like that's, it's just all of it. I just want all of it. It's bad. I'm running out of storage space really quick. <laughs> I really am. But it's, it's, it's fascinating. It's been cool uh, learning about turntables from you because oh, from, I, yeah. well, <clears throat> like I was, I was just, you know, I was just using Crossley's man. I was, I was going to target and I was buying the hundred dollar record player they had yeah. at the store and I was using that and, and I didn't really understand. But in I, your defense, you are just listening to the record. I am. You're, I am. You're not DJing. So it's you're right, but when I got my first like real hi-fi turntable, and I take it out of the box, and there's like six parts, and they're like, you have to put this together, and I'm like, what? No, you just take it out of the box, you plug it in, and and you go, and they're like, no, you have no. to adjust in the counterweight and doing all that stuff, and yeah, it was, but but it was cool, you know, it it and it's and it's nice to know that my tracking force isn't destroying my records anymore. Because um, those those like cheap Chinese made turntables, they don't have adjustable counterweights, right? And their tracking force is set really high because they don't want it to skip. So if they don't want it to skip, and they don't want to give consumers the ability to to mess with it, they're just gonna make it a little higher. Yeah, it was not, it, I had full control over that on the techniques and yeah. stuff. I, yeah, I really do miss DJ. <laughs> Attempting to DJ. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I was ever a DJ. I probably did in my mind, but... Well, and it's so interesting to me because, like, you know, because I, I mess around with DJing, but it's modern DJing. I have, like, basically a USB controller, and I'm matching waveforms up on a screen, and it's like, I think, like, just just by playing my records, I I think about, like, man, like, what it would be like to 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 spin like on actual vinyl keeping track of your collection and and you know having like a routine live and who's who's pulling the records and 
It was heavy. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to lug all of it around. It's super heavy to lug, lug around, the, dude. The mixers, the tables themselves, and it's like, unless you had had house equipment or something like that. But I had to build a just, coffin. And even that, I mean, you're talking like what, what's always killed me. And, and, and I've got like, um, I've pieced together bits of it by myself just by like watching live sets. And like, you know, you have like the bright tape. Yep. Like where you throw the needle and everything. But it's still just like blows my mind like the like uh, obviously you got the greats like you know dre and grandmaster flash and like guys like that but even just just anyone who could just you know do, I, do I, that i, knew my I have huge respect for i knew all my you just you just had a vast I, knowledge of your musical every record i knew exactly what it was i had small indicators on all the things so i knew exactly where was what and i knew exactly who was where and everybody went into a specific spot and depending on what color it was is when i would play it if it was really it's just all kinds of different (laughs) things then you would do the tape so you knew where you could scratch where your beats would line up your bpms all that shit try to line it up on the tables but yeah, I was never very good. So, much but it was easier. so much fun. It, it was, it, it was, it was well, real fun. But today, you got those digital things. You got that. Uh, what's that program you use all the time? Ableton. Ableton. That yeah. thing's amazing. That's more. That's more for production. A, oh, a is lot. That? Of, well, a lot of people do. Um, so a- Ableton's kind of interesting because Ableton's more kind of more of an instrument in ways than it is a production. I, I software. thought it was like the tool that you use to you, you, mix and b- yeah. Do beats you, and stuff. You absolutely can, and oh, okay, a lot of people okay. do. But a lot of people also look at Ableton. They do their production in something else, uh-huh. and then they just import the audio files into Ableton because you can set everything. Oh, I understand. Up. Okay. You set everything up in a grid, and you know, so you record your track, then move it over there, clean it up, clean it up, and, gotcha. and, and, okay. and arrange it into uh, like a live set. Okay. Um, I just do all my production out of Ableton because I like the interface. Um, but DJing, um, it's, I mean, you know, I just have like a USB controller and a software on my computer, but what you can do with that software, cause Pioneer makes it, uh, I think it's called Record oh, so does Box. it look like you have like two mixers on the thing? You can put a track here, put a track here and you can play with it. But yeah, well, I, I got the DJ controller, oh, you have so, like, you have, you, it, it, and, and it's, and it's set up to, um... I love those. It's not, it's not one-to-one, but it's set up to mimic the controls of a CDJ. So, like, if you hop from, from this controller into a, um, CDJ at, like, like, for some house systems or something, club systems, um, you know, it won't be as jarring as if you go from, like an off-brand DJ controller and then you pull your tracks up because then now all you got to do is throw your um, USB drive in there and it has all your songs and then you can pull everything into Rekordbox and you can set all your cue points ahead of time, export that data to the USB drive. It's all Pioneer. So when you plug that USB drive into those CDJs, all your cue points that you set on the computer are on your CDJs. So hmm. when you rehearse your set, you can make it, you know, one to one with your rehearsal or oh, you can okay. have fun with it. Um I mean, you know, some people you know, they just have their DJ set set on autoplay. They just set it up in a way where like they just press play once and everything mixes for them. 
I'm not crazy about that. Those are for like like a lot of well, because so, some DJs, what they'll do is they'll focus more on crowd work than actual spinning. But you can see, you can literally just plug it and play and have it and just click a button and it's like match up. Automation's powerful, my friend. That is amazing. You just have it. Oh my God. Have it completely engineered. You engineer it like (laughs) you do a light show. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was nothing like that. No. Holy shit. That's incredible. Like where we are today with the technology compared to where where I was, that's, that's insane. It's overwhelming because it's we, like I always like, I always wished I could do that like with the right you wish you could just like get it because even though you could set your BPMs and try you were still playing with the the center of the record slowing it down you're sliding the sides you're still speeding it up slowing it down I I I struggled with it you, I'll be honest you'll love it most DJ softwares have one button for that and it's called the sync button and oh. you just press sync and it automatically syncs both your tracks up. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, wow, it's it you know, and it's yeah, it's just it, it's overwhelming though, um, a lot of the time because you you almost have too much at your disposal. So like when you're playing, like when you're playing an instrument, when you're playing a piano, like just a straight up, you know, grand piano, you have eighty eight keys. Maybe it's a little more or less for standard but anyways you have the, you have that many keys that's your limitations of that instrument mm-hmm. you have a few controls at the bottom where you can set, sustain or, or make the notes cut quick or something like that but you have limitations your limitations are those 88 notes and your 10 fingers you get into music production software and you have every single studio tool under the sun at your disposal and there's about there's at least five or six ways to do one thing, mm-hmm. and none of them are wrong. What? Yeah, I mean, so, so you, you might like mess them up a little bit, but like side chaining, for example. What's that? So like side chaining is when so you think of everything as like a frequency spectrum. Okay. And so lower frequencies are on the lower end of the frequency spectrum. So between like sense. your twenty and forty. So if you have a you know a kick drum at 40 hertz and your sub bass is at 40 hertz, the sound spectrum can only take so much input. So what'll happen is your kick, you want your kick to be punchy. You like house music. When the kicks when the kick's not punchy, the the track falls apart. Right. So what happens sometimes if you get really deep basses is that bass frequency will conflict with the kick so the side chain what it does is it basically as the kick is playing the um bass signal is being compressed just a little bit in the beginning to make room for the kick Hmm. so if if you just listen to the bass it'll almost sound like it's moving along with the kick and then when you when you throw the kick on You'll you'll hear it in full again. So it's almost like a ducking method. So you're ducking the bass to make room for the kick, so it still has that punch. And to do that, there's like five different ways to do it. You can throw on a compressor. You can make a whole nother channel where you're sending uh, 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 dummy notes. I'm kind of going a little little off, but my point is is that there's 
it's much harder to set limitations for yourself than limitations that are given to you by hardware. So it's like if I'm having an issue with a compressor and a compression, I'm really struggling to like get the settings and I get to a point where I'm like, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to drag in another compressor. Sometimes that'll work, but in other situations that can be more complicated versus if you're in like a legit recording studio, you have that hardware compressor and you need to make that hardware compressor work. Now, what what are you compressing? Are you compressing... You're pressing uh, the audio, yeah. Compression. The audio itself? Yeah, it's just a volume control tool, basically. Huh. It's, 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 it's mainly used in, like, in mixing, um, and, it, and it just helps, like, make it really tight. So, like, if you do it to... If you have, like, a uncompressed drum loop and, and you compress it, 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 it'll get a little punchier. Huh. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah. So it, it it's there's just so much at your disposal and it's hard and when you don't have limitations and you can just and then you also have a thriving market of companies that want to sell you hundreds of dollars in software and it's great software. It's awesome. You'll probably get a lot of use out of it. But do you need it? It's hard to say no when you just plug in your credit card info, you get a download, then you get to play with it, you know, immediately later and mess around with it and see how you can incorporate into your songs. Like Black Friday is dangerous, you know, because they, they just, they, they throw so many sales at you and it's, and it's great software. Um, but you also have to set limitations and you also have to like, it's it and it just takes years and that's why i say it's it's a lot like an instrument and not only ableton any production software it's interesting because it takes uh, what was the takes one years. what was the one i downloaded i can't remember the name tracton or something like that that was oh traction one. yeah the one yeah most that was it, the one i showed you most audio, i've never used it yeah i've only used audacity yeah there the, that doing, one seemed a little strange it, i'm not it's, doing any music yeah, I mean every audio interface will come with some version of that. They they all make their own DAWs and but at the end of the day, I mean it's really the big three. It's like you know FL Studio, Ableton, and uh, uh, Logic. Unless you're talking like professional, then you're uh, then you're talking uh, uh, Pro Tools, which yeah. is which is like the golden standard, um, but is way too expensive for me. Ableton was honestly too. It, it's I mean, it's not that it's too expensive because when you see it, how much you get, it's worth it. Yeah, it's it's but, a massive program. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, I remember I I thought like guitar pedals and uh, amps and guitars were expensive, and then I got into the world of of software instruments and software effects and music production softwares, and yeah, it's nothing, nothing compared to that world. I mean, and you have, like, there's some that, uh, you know, uh, composers for movies will use. Oh, yeah. Like orchestral strings and orchestral yeah. uh, brass and stuff like that where, you know, these companies sent teams of people to a concert hall and paid these musicians to sample the instruments 
in in that setting and they're putting that in the instrument they're emulating it in the instrument and those can cost i think what's the big one i can't remember the name of it but there's like a uh like an industry standard of uh like film uh, orchestral strings and it's like 2500 bucks. Holy Wild. shit. A piece of software. Software. Yeah. Oh boy. Wild. <laughs> Holy shit. Wild. I was I was I was looking at film editing and it was like a couple hundred bucks. That's nothing compared to that. What? No, man. Holy shit. Well, software is pretty expensive in general. Software is always pretty expensive. I mean, I paid, what did I pay for? Like Windows 8 or Windows 10 at the time. I had to buy it. Shit was like seven, 800 bucks. You're like. And then you have like Word, PowerPoint, and Excel. No, no, no. You got to buy those. No, you got to buy those separately. Yeah, but those, yeah. That's like, that's like. It's, Software is so ridiculous. Now they're trying to make it look like you're saving money by being like, oh, pay for Microsoft Office monthly or. Oh, you know, okay. take this yeah, everybody's one got or... a monthly now. Get our subscription. Like, no, subscribe. Stop. Stop. Well, they, it, it's like <laughs> it, it seems to be the norm now because yeah. I like I've I've gone so used to subscriptions because everybody in order to stream now you you have to pay the monthly subscription. You have to sign on. You got to get the thing because if you want to watch this one particular thing, it's only on this streaming program. Yeah. So it's like. I think it's almost getting built into us where you're just used to subscription subscribing to shit now. I mean, my BJ's uh, friggin' uh, shopping card that's a yearly. You know, Amazon's a yearly. You know, you got you got the the books, you got all the TV shows. Everybody's on a different platform, and now everybody's buying out certain ones so they can only play those on those ones. So now you got to mm-hmm. get them. Then they do bundles. And then, uh, what was it, Verizon just did the, uh, they just finally did a family plan for their premium package. So it was like $14.99, and I was was the only one using it. And then uh, my wife could sign in on mine and watch without commercials if she wanted to. Um, But now it's $17.99 a month. And they just said, hey, you can have up to four people under your plan. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I've had it for three, four years now. (laughs) And they just did this. I was like, why didn't you do this so long? Like, I've always wanted that option. They just did it like two days ago. (laughs) I was like, oh, finally, finally. This is great. Because, like, you know, she's basically logged into mine, but she can log into hers, and now she doesn't have commercials. She doesn't have anything on yeah. YouTube, and it was oh, just anno- nice. and it was just annoying that I'm paying fourteen ninety nine a month just for myself. If she wanted it, it was another fourteen ninety nine. That's dumb. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Well, and now they're like, I I just saw the headline in passing, but apparently Netflix is trying to like crack down on people sharing passwords and shit. Oh yeah, definitely. They're like they've been doing that for years. Like I think I think actually it was when Netflix was like first around, I was using my buddy's password but, and But uh, years ago there was a lot of people not, they not weren't, having I, it. I, I still there, I still got hit though. Oh you did you I got, got hit. pulled, yeah. So um Ooh. I I think I know why they figured it out. 
So, um, you weren't using VPN. Oh, well, I, I definitely wasn't using VPN on an Xbox 360. That's for sure. That's for shit sure. That thing didn't even have a web browser, bro. <laughs> Can't run no oh, VPN shit. off that. You have a um, VPN. So, yeah, so, so I was using the Xbox 360, right. uh, and it had a Netflix app, and, 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 and my, my buddy and I we were watching Netflix, and he, he gave me the password. Or he was over in my house, and he gave me the password to do on my Xbox. He's like, you can stay logged in. We'll just create another profile for you so you can watch whatever you want, want and we're good. And one day I log in, and it's like – I don't remember. I mean we're talking like sophomore, junior year of high school, so like a long time ago for me. <laughs> um, and – yeah, it the message was something like Yeah, we know what you're doing. Stop. We're 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 removing your access to this account because I think because they were both on 360s. Oh. And we were both watching at the same time and they can pull the IP address and see exactly where we are. So, you know, that we're, is we're, very true. You know, so that yeah. that that's where my mind immediately goes, but um yeah, I mean they they've been trying to do that for years. There's no way they're gonna crack down on it. Like it's just it, there's no. just too many people. There's no, just that's too many like things that's like uh, uh, UFC. That Dana White was going uh, telling everybody if you stream it and we're gonna catch you and we're gonna get you to the fullest yeah. extent no, of the no, law. No. I don't think anything ever happened beyond that. Yeah. I didn't hear of anybody getting arrested I mean, people, for it. People still do it. People and people. Some people do get hit hard with it. Like, oh, I'm not like saying not, people don't get like, caught. Definitely I'm not get saying caught, that at all. It's like I'm just saying that like it. It's going to happen. Like you can't really stop well, it. And that's, and that's what kills me. I haven't done it in years. Well, and like you know, that was one of the 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 things that like people said with the whole new movies coming out on streaming. Mm-hmm. And like, so I'm a huge Marvel fan. And uh, it, it, the Black Widow solo movie was supposed to come out May of 2020. Obviously, it got delayed. And it was originally delayed till May of this year. Okay. They extended the full year because they wanted it in theaters. Yeah. Meanwhile, like Warner Brothers and, and uh, you know, Amazon's even doing it with some movies where you pay like 20 bucks to rent it. It's what you pay at a... At, at, at a at a movie theater, um, but you know a lot of a lot of companies were arguing, oh, well, it's going to create more piracy and da 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 da. And it's like, yeah, but everything's already pirated. Everything's everything's pirated. already pirated. Everything and and on top of that, everything everything fucking leaks. Like so many movies, especially in like the superhero and and um, uh, like. Uh, superhero and like Star Wars it's yeah. super common with Star Wars too stuff leaks and people know the story before it even comes out people know everything before it comes out so it's like it's like it, it's just gonna happen but don't make me go out to a movie I, I, I hate movie theaters in the first place I used to really like them and there was one moment I, I, I realized I didn't and I saw I, I, I went to see uh, the Captain Marvel movie like two months after it came out. So like no one gave a shit about it anymore. <laughs> um, and I get in there and I'm there like I, I was working a weird schedule. So I got to get there like Tuesday at like 10 in the morning when it opened. It's like, nobody's in the theater. Literally no one was in the theater. 
it was the only time I was in a movie theater where I was the only person in the entire theater. And after I got out and I realized that was my best movie theater experience, I'm yeah. like, you know what? The big screen's nice, the sound system's nice, but movie theaters really aren't for me. I'd rather just chill in my room and, and, and watch it there. Um, and then, yeah. See, I, I, I had good ex- – I, I want to go to, like, the, the bigger ones that they have at Jordan's, the – uh, what is that? Those are all closed. I know they are. Yeah. I know. Are they closed permanently? Uh, to are my knowledge, at least the one in Hooks it. I I, yeah. I don't know, but I I I was under the impression there was one, that um, every single IMAX shit. is gone. I don't I don't think it's in Peabody, but it was as I, as I was going to uh, Peabody, there's one, but maybe it's gone now. But those those bigger theaters, the bigger ones, I wanted to go to one of those. I I don't I think I've been to one like once or twice, um, but. I had the funnest experience at a theater and then never had it again when I was a teenager. And it was at that movie theater uh, that, well, is now a casino in Manchester. The one that, the one that turned yeah. into a, like a bingo casino oh, over, the one, um... over by where they just put in the uh, shit. Uh, what's that fucking... DraftKings. Yeah, 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 right yeah, yeah. Right that. there, right yeah, there. Yeah, you remember yeah. when that was? Oh, do you I, I remember? Don't, you no. don't remember when it was the theater? No, I, thank you. Thank I also you. Live, <laughs> also didn't live around the area. My the the the. I oh no, we didn't live here. We lived Derry, but we would come oh, I here. See what you're saying. And my friend's friend ran it, so we would get special showings of shit that was hit in the oh, theater. Nice. And I don't remember what movie it was because that wasn't the important part of the story to me. The important part of the story was is we were in the theater sitting there passing bongs and joints and there was alcohol everywhere and everybody's just eating and we're just all smoking and eating in the theater. And I, I, I will be honest, I have no fucking idea what I watched. But it was, it was such a fucking fun time. I was so fucked up by the time I left there. It was great. It was just so fun. We did it a couple times before uh, we didn't anymore. But huh. it was it, that was probably the funnest time in a theater I've ever had. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I have to agree with you. When, I, when it comes to watching a movie, I would just wait till it came out. You know, and watch it at home. I'm I'm kind of the same same way. I'm not yeah. like it's not something that like captures my interest as I, much anymore. I mean, it depends on the movie. I mean, especially like being a Marvel fan, um, the release. Like, if you were there on opening night, like I never went because I didn't want to be around that many people. But like, my sister went to see um, a bunch of them opening night, and like. When you, like, when you're watching the movie for the first time and you're like, whoa, like, your reaction a lot of times is everybody's reaction. Mm -hmm. And so when you have a packed theater opening night, everyone's hyped up to see the movie and it's a really good movie. It's like like, when everybody laughs together. Yeah, it's like, so there, there is a type of energy to it that you miss. But I don't care. I want to be comfy in my house. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. And I want it like like I I uh, maybe it's just because like now I have a really nice TV. Like I have one of those like like four uh, K TVs. And uh, before, I mean, I had a I had a like a thirty six inch seven twenty for at least a decade. 
and that was my only TV. It, it, it amaz- oh, okay. amazingly, <laughs> a Chinese made TV lasted me a decade. Yeah, they last. Hey, but I, I had this when I lived in uh, 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 Merrimack. Yeah, in London Court. I mean, so, some stuff is is built good, but That's, that TV a lot right of there, it's planned I, obsolescence. Shit, when did I live there? Do you guys, two thousand? Oh boy. Yeah, so this TV is like friggin' ten, eleven, twelve years old. I think it's twelve. Wish they do it for our phones. Oh no way, dude! As soon as your phone is almost paid off, is when your phone yeah. gets the. It's so stupid. It's all planned. My my phone is completely jacked. And it's almost paid off, and I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." My my wife's phone, uh, I think it made it probably about six months past getting paid off, and it just like started crapping the bed. I think I told you it died and it wouldn't turn back on. Well, I got it to charge. I got it to turn back on, and then I made sure the battery was charged, put it in the bag, and sent it back to him so it'll turn on when it gets there. And if they have any problems with the charging port, I already told them. And we should be able to get some money for that bitch. And I was like, yes, because when it wouldn't turn on, it was worthless. I was like, oh, man. And now we're going to use that money to pay off my phone because my phone's got a couple payments left. And then I'm going to upgrade to the Pixel 5 and just get that and then give them back my 3 and get the 100 bucks or whatever it is for it. And then I'll just be upgraded because my phone's like there's no memory left. I'm like, what do you mean there's no memory left? And I just keep going through, and it's like as the apps keep updating and I keep taking videos and pictures and all this other bullshit I keep doing, it's like you're full. And I'm so lazy that I'm not plugging it in and dumping it and getting rid of them, so the phone's just like screaming. It's like I don't have anywhere to put anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Same reason my computer is almost full of... Uh, a hard. Uh, I almost have a full hard drive on that too. Yeah, that. It's that, just to- so time data consuming. Data storage is just a. It's a time a consuming challenge. It's it's the worst. Never mind the fact that I found an internal, and an external, and it's it's gonna be like three, for both. And I'm like, all right, I gotta, I gotta hold off on that for a moment. Yeah, it's it's such a pain and. And it's just like you, you really have no option. Yeah, well, if, bring... you, if you care at all about any personal data or personal files that like you have on a computer, if you even care a little bit about it, you need to have it backed up in three places or it doesn't exist. Yes. And it's, and it's just, it, it's so interesting because in so many ways, like, in so many ways, technology has gone crazy. But in so many ways, it's still archaic and stupid. All the time, my IT department, or or like with, just with IT departments in general, it's like, what are most of their solutions? Yeah, turn it off and turn it back on again. Yes. Well, that's the number one solution. <laughs> the fact solution. that that still works, I think... How much more advanced can it be? Yeah, we've made everything faster. We've also made everything look a lot cooler. And we've also been able to make everything smaller while at the same time making the screens bigger. But sometimes at the end of the but day, But at the end of the it, day, this, the same troubleshooting they were doing back in the 90s they're doing now. They're like, yeah, just turn it off and turn it back on again. That's... The only difference is we're not using floppy disks anymore. 
<laughs> oh, I remember using those. Man. But, yeah. I, yeah, it's pretty crazy where the technology has gone today. Like, just doing this right now is crazy. It's so wild to me. It's, yeah. So wild. And it goes, it brings me back to all the, 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 the equipment and the software prices. It's like any, anything that you want to do is going to cost money. All this. No way around it. All, all of it costs money. I yeah. mean, there's no way around it. You, if you want good equipment, you have to, you have to pay for it. Yeah. But that software, sometimes I feel like they're just killing you with those prices. Yeah, it's. But you have artists work on it, and they're famous, and then that puts the price tag on it. Plus, you're like buying their music in well, a sense. And and another thing too is like a lot of these companies, they it's not like they release the software and then they're done with it. Mm. They're releasing patches. They, um, you know, are getting the compatibility packs from Windows uh, and Apple for the the new OS that's coming out. So they can make sure their software works with the new operating system. So you have to have testers for that. And and you have to have bug testers. And you have to have people that can go in and mess with all that stuff. So there's a it's, it's like I, I, I kind of try to think about it on a smaller scale, like app development. I would have no idea how to develop an app. Mm-mm. No clue whatsoever, unless they made like unless some company made like an app version of Squarespace. Uh, no way am I programming an app. I mean, you know, a type of software is like a bigger brother to that. You know, it's just it's it's a lot of information, and it's just I I couldn't do it. So, but you have to have these teams of people that can make sure everything works and everything runs smoothly. Some companies do it a lot better than others. But, you know, there's always updates coming out. Oh, constantly. So it's like it's the way that everybody's working on stuff now. It's like it just is what it is. You can either because you're still stuck in a rock and a hard place. You either pay for it or you find something free. Yeah. And try to make it work. Those are your options. And. That rarely works. So. Yep. Hmm. How long have we been going? Hour and 13 minutes. It's not Maybe. bad, brother. It's not bad at all. All right. We can call it if you want. Cool. All right. Yeah. Right on. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, my number is kicked in, and I'm hoping that you all enjoyed this conversation between Tyler and I. Again, you can follow Tyler on Twitter and Instagram. That's at Tyler underscore Crane for Twitter and Gridlink Music for Instagram. Uh, Remember again to subscribe, hit those like buttons, set those alarms, uh, follow me on all social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and Facebook. And, of course, you can always email me at T-A-L-K-I-N with Topher at gmail.com. And I hope everybody has a great 420. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you later.
Happy 420.